0: Praise Yahweh. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yah's Laws and Commandments. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Also, I believe tonight at sundown starts the Feast of Shavuot, and that is what we're going to talk about. Just bring you a few nuggets concerning Shavuot. Or in the Greek, Pentecost, which means 50. And we're going to just pull out a few nuggets and learn from them, grow with them. So let's get started. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 12. What I first want to establish is that, one, these are Yahweh's feasts. And not the Jews' feast, excuse me, not Israel's feast, not anybody else's feast, but Yahweh's feast. Okay, in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 17, it says, And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on this day I brought you... And your armies out of the land of Egypt, and you shall observe this day for your generations a statute forever. So we see here that Yahweh is commanding them that they need to observe this feast as a statute or as a law till the New Testament starts. No, it says forever. All right? Now if you go to verse number 24, it says, And you shall observe this word for an ordinance for you and for your sons forever. So we see here, it's talking about Passover, it's talking about unleavened bread, and you can add all the other feasts to it, and we'll see that here in a minute, that they are to be forever. And when I was coming out of Christianity into Torah, and I saw that for the very first time, I mean, how many times you read it and don't see it, the word forever. So I accepted it and I settled it in my heart that what Yahweh meant, and I've always understood that what Yahweh says in his word is what he meant and what he means. And that is what you and I are to follow even this day. Now go over to Leviticus chapter 23 and we'll start in verse 2 and it says speak to the sons of Israel. Now Christians might say, well see that excludes us because we are not the sons of Israel. If a person believes They are not the son or daughter of Israel. Then they are not serving the Elohim or the God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are not serving the Most High. They are not serving the Creator. They are not serving the Heavenly Father or Yahshua HaMashiach. If you believe you are not the sons of Israel, then you are no longer, you are not saved, you're not born again, you're not born from above, his spirit doesn't dwell in you, and yes, then this doesn't apply to you. But if you are, quote unquote, believing that you have salvation, and believing that Yahshua died on the stake for your sin, and if you are believing in the Elohim or the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then this scripture applies to you because we know that Romans 11 all talks about that we are grafted in to Israel. So it says here, Speak to the sons of Israel, and you shall say to them, The set feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim our holy gatherings, shall be these. These are my appointed feasts. And for time's sake, We won't go over all seven of them, but it mentions all the feasts that are his appointed feasts. His set apart times that he has set apart for those who believe in the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. One of the lessons learned by keeping Yahweh's holy days and feasts is the desire to choose His ways over our own. Taking up His observances and doing them is a clear indication of our heart's desire to follow Him in obedience. We follow him by what we do, not just by what we say. We can talk the most convincing talk, but unless our words translate into active obedience, it is all just rhetoric or empty words. The apostle Paul calls words without action sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. The actual keeping of Yahweh's feasts is the test of our sincerity. So when we keep, <coughs> excuse me, Yahweh's feasts, Yahweh set apart times even though you may not understand many things about the Feast, but you step out in faith because you see the Scripture says they are forever, and you know that they are a Sabbath. So if nothing else, you stay at home like you do on a regular Sabbath, or you might meet with fellow believers as well on the Shabbat and fellowship together, study together, worship together, eat together, or whatever else you may be led by Yahweh's Spirit to do. That his feast, after you do those things, you may not know anything else to do, because, I mean, there's a lot of traditions, like there's a tradition on Shavuot that the Jews say that cheesecake is part of Shavuot. Now, I love cheesecake, any type of cheesecake. But I don't eat it too much anymore because of the sugar content. And I'm trying to live a healthier lifestyle and watch what I eat. I haven't had any sweets in almost two years. But, you know, sometimes you do want something sweet. But nonetheless. So it's important to keep Yahweh's feast his appointed times, and it's important to understand that they are forever. Um, Now, if you flip over in verse 37, or 27, I believe it is, 37, it says, These are the set feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim. So anybody... That is a minister of the Torah. That is a minister of the gospel. It says here that these are Yahweh's set feasts, his set apart feasts, and we are to proclaim them. And we are to proclaim they are a holy gathering. We are to bring a burnt offering. Well, that is not, we don't have to do that today. Um, most of us can't do that today. A burnt offering, a food offering, a sacrifice, a drink offering, the thing of a day on its own day. Now, a lot of people don't like to hear the word offerings, but this tells us that on the feast days, we are to bring offerings. So if if there are only certain times of the year you feel led to give, at least on the Um, Feast days of Yahweh, you should give according to how Yah has prospered you. Me, I personally believe in tithing and in giving offerings on a regular basis. As I am increased, I I give in response to Malachi chapter 3 to bring at least a tenth as well as something above that as an offering. All right, we do see in the book of Acts for people that say, well, you know, that's not, you know, the New Testament. Well, the New Testament is not new. It's just a renewal of the the original covenant. In Acts 20, it says that Paul wanted to observe the feast of unleavened bread. And notice the word observe it. He observed it. He couldn't keep it. But he observed it. You and I might not be able to keep it because we can't go to Jerusalem, we can't go, you know, into the temple, so on and so forth. But we can observe whatever the feast is to the best of our ability. And then in verse sixteen, it said that he observed the feast of Shavuot. So we see, for those people that love Paul, who say that Paul said that the that the law and the Torah was done away with, we see right here that he observed the feast. We also see that there's numerous places that Paul kept the Sabbath day as well as all the other um, believers in Yahshua. When you are a believer in Yahshua, and you'll see this consistent through Paul's teachings and Peter's teachings, that when people came to Messiah, they began to teach them about the Torah. They were delivered out of paganism. The communities they came out of were rooted in paganism. So the first things they did is began to teach them some basic elementary principles of Torah, and they didn't load you know, the whole thing upon them, just like today we just... You know, basically start out with the Sabbath. Teaching people to observe the Sabbath to the best of their ability. All right, so now let's go to, uh, well, we're there. Leviticus 23, and we're going to talk about Shavuot. <clears throat> so we first established, excuse me, <clears throat> we first established that the feasts are Forever. And secondly, we establish that they are called Yahweh's feasts. So in Exodus 23, verses 15 through 21, it says, And you shall number to you from the next day after the Sabbath, from the day you shall bring in the omar of the wave offering, they shall be seven complete Sabbath, So that's seven weeks. All right. And then basically on the next day. So to the next day after the seventh Sabbath, you shall number 50 days and you shall bring near a food offering to Yahweh. So you had your seven weeks. And the Feast of Shavuot, in part, has to do with remembering that Yahweh delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. And from that point to when they journeyed to Mount Sinai, they arrived in 49 days. And on the next day, which is the Feast of Shavuot, they were then at Mount Sinai, and that is when Moses went up into the mountain and received the Torah from Yahweh and then brought it back to Israel. So one of the things that really helped me understand what... The Feast of Shavuot is about, it's about those 49 days or those seven week journey that Israel took when they left Egypt till they got to the mountain of um, Mount Mount Sinai. Thank you. All right. And we can read about this and you can just continue reading. You can read about this in Numbers 28, verses 26 through 31, and then Deuteronomy 16, verses 9 through 12. So, one of the things that helped me understand, because I'm not real agricultural-minded, Hate that thing what was I saying being that I'm a city boy I don't understand all the things that country people agricultural people homesteader people rancher people farmer people understand about you know grain offerings and and, and agricultural things but the thing that helped me understand- And what I am to celebrate on Shavuot is the journey. The journey from being physically delivered out of the oppression and bondage of Egypt and all the miracles that took place. And coming to the place where on the 50th day, Moses went up the mountain and... He was given Torah. So Shavuot in part is about receiving the Torah, receiving the truth. So the first thing about Shavuot is that it's about receiving and embracing the Torah. Remember in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. Those that accept the word or receive the word, meaning Torah, Yahweh's instructions, the prophets, the Psalms, so on and so forth, as well as everything from Genesis to Revelation, when you accept it, when you receive it, and then you begin to live according to what you just learned accepted and received, Yahshua said that it will produce fruit within you, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Remember when Yahshua y- cursed the fig tree in Mark 11? He said there were, it had leaves on it, but no fruit. Why did it not have any fruit? Now that is in correlation or revelation to people today who talk the talk, who say they are believers, but they don't have any fruit. What's the fruit? It's obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. It's living according to how Yahshua lived. We are told by the Apostle John that we are to to walk as He walked. We are to live as He lived. And yes, He lived in performing signs, wonders, and miracles, and that's awesome, but He also lived according to the Torah. He kept the feast days. He kept the, the Shabbat, so on and so forth. He did not eat unclean foods. He did not worship idols. He did not have anything to do with people that were involved in idols. He did, he did not have, or put it this way, he was not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He was set apart. He was set apart from the religious customs of this day. And that's the fruit that the example of him cursing the fig tree is to be in our lives, that we are not to be like that fig tree. We are to be like Yahshua and bear fruit. And Yahshua said, when you accept His Word, His Torah, and you live according to it, you will bear fruit some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So, this marked... First thing, this marked the beginning of the grain harvest in Israel. Secondly, this marked, Shavuot, marked the 49-day journey from Egypt to Mount Sinai, where Moses and the children of Israel on the 50th day received the Torah, received Yah's laws and commandments, And they said that they would accept they would accept the commandments. They would accept Yah's Torah. I didn't... uh, Let's see if I can find that verse real quickly here. Um, Israel accepts I type a little slow, so bear with me. Let's see. Uh, it's getting close there. Um, I. scripture right away it's not pulling it up Israel accepts what the Torah I think it's in Exodus 16 and basically the children of Israel responded and said that they would accept um, Yah's commandments um Well, not to look like a dummy, I don't remember where it's at, and and my phone, Google's not helping me. See, Google is not always your best friend. But nonetheless, do your research and you'll find that the children of Israel said to Moses and said to Yahweh that they will accept the commandments that... Moses revealed to them that Yahweh said. All right. So on the 50th day, Yahweh gave them... um, This just irritates me when I can't find what I need to find. Um, Let's see. Let's see if I can somehow... Maybe it's Exodus 19. Let's see. Well, for sake of time and not stumbling, um, it might be Exodus 19, according to this one teaching here. I don't know. It doesn't pull up the scripture. It just is given their teaching. But anyways... um, So then the next thing we want to talk about, um, maybe my wife will find it, maybe maybe she will, maybe she won't be able to find it. But nonetheless, it does say somewhere in the scripture, um, which I failed to uh, write it down, so I apologize for that, that on the 50th day, Yahweh gave the, the Torah to the children of Israel the children of Israel responded and said that they will accept Yah's commandments and they will live according to Yah's commandments. So the next thing we want to talk about is in Acts chapter 2 when it says on the day of Pentecost or it says when the day of Shavuot had fully come, verse one, and in the fulfilling of the day of Shavuot, they were all with one mind in in one place. Tell you what I'll do is when I find that scripture, I will put it in the um, description box below because it is aggravating to me when I can't find a scripture. Okay, then it says, and suddenly. A sound came out of heaven as a groaning spirit along by a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were um, sitting. So it says here, when the day of Shavuot fully came, that first off, a couple of things to note: These were all children of Israel in Jerusalem. There were not pagans in Jerusalem. This wasn't Christians in Jerusalem. This wasn't anybody but the Jews. And if they weren't blood-bought and blood-bred Jewish Israel people, they were people that converted over to Israel. And they were following the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There were nobody else there that was not of the children of Israel. Okay, that's number one. And when they got filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, these were all Hebraic people. And see, we need to see this, that this isn't a feast for Christians. Because Christians are not Hebraic people. They are serving sun gods. Now, they like to claim certain things that sound biblical, but when you read the context of things, you understand it more clearly. The other thing that we need to see that when Peter, later on in the chapter, rose up and said, these men are drunk, this is a fulfillment of Joel chapter 2, that they would be filled with the Spirit, that in 3,000 men got saved. It was 3,000 Hebrews, 3,000 Jews, 3,000 people that were following the the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These weren't pagan people. These weren't people that were going to the Baptist Church, the Charismatic Church, the Pentecostal Church, so on and so forth. These were Hebraic people. This feast is a feast, it's Yahweh's feast, and it's for those of Israel. If you've been grafted into Israel, you are no longer part of the nations, you are part of Israel. When you've been grafted into Israel, you will depart from any type of ministry that does anything on pagan sun god days. It's just that simple. All right, the other thing that we can deduct from this, remember when Yahshua said in the book of John that there's coming a day that they will worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? This just came to me. Part of that is when you combine Torah with the giving of Yah's spirit when it says in acts chapter 1 that not many days from here that oh well, let's just let's just read it it says but when yahweh's spirit comes upon you notice it's yahweh's spirit it's not a third person it's not a trinity but when yahweh's spirit comes upon you You will receive power and you will be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we see here that the Feast of Shavuot is Yahweh releasing the fullness of his spirit into the children of Israel, into every person that has called upon the name of Yahweh, Yahshua, for salvation, that has turned away from paganism, that has turned away from honoring the unconquerable day of the sun, and that has turned and has accepted Yahweh's laws and commandments and feast days, and Shabbat and every other law and commandment, That Yahweh has commanded his people to live by. Those people. It says here, he has given his spirit. And when he's given his spirit, he's given the power of his spirit. So that you and I can lay hands on the sick. You and I can cast out devils. You and I can raise the dead. You and I can cleanse the lepers. You and I can speak to the mountain and it must obey. Why? Because we have the power of Yahweh's Spirit dwelling within us. And when we speak His Word, when we speak His laws and commandments, when we pray in the power of His name, or when we pray in other tongues, we are releasing the power of His Spirit into whomever or into whatever is, is, that we're dealing with. We're praying for, we're praying about, We're praying against things. We're praying for deliverance or whatever the case may be. So the promise of the Spirit and the Torah is for the children of Israel. So you can't say that you're walking by the Word and not keep His commandments. That's what Christianity does. That's what Catholicism does. And then say that you have his spirit. You speak with forked tongue, my friend. When you come out of darkness, you come out of all those paganistic rituals and systems, and you come into Yahweh's laws and commandments. So, this is at least in part, what Shavuot is about. It's about celebrating the 49-day journey from Egypt to Mount Sinai. And on the 50th day, they were given the Torah. It's about Yahweh giving His Spirit in Acts chapter 2 to the children of Israel and... We see that the children of Israel were given the Torah on Shavuot in the book of Exodus and in the book of Leviticus. And we see that when Yeshua promised about His Spirit coming, that that was going to be a marriage of His Spirit and the Torah. You can't have one and skip the other. You can't say... You know you believe his word and then you disobey his laws and commandments. It doesn't work that way. You can't say you have his spirit and then you disobey and you you do not live according to his laws and commandments. It doesn't work that way. As well as you cannot say you you have the Torah and then you reject everything about Yah's spirit. Or you reject his miracles, or you reject healings, or you reject the gift of the of of faith or you reject the gift of tongues or you reject the gift of prophecy. It's it's the whole uh, shoot and caboodle, the whole mixture, so on and so forth. We also see that it's part of a grain offering. I didn't go into much on that because I don't have much revelation on that. That's something I'm still learning. So, nonetheless. Um, so I pray that I brought... Oh, one other thing. This is an important thing that I failed to bring you. Also, on the Feast of Shavuot, that they celebrate Ruth. They celebrate Ruth. Many will read the book of Ruth all night. They'll study the book of Ruth. And and you think, why Ruth? Why the book of Ruth? Now, Ruth, Ruth's background came from a pagan background. And she, and if you read the book of Ruth, you will see this, that she willingly embraced the Elohim of Israel and his Torah. That she came from a pagan background and because She received Yahweh. She received His laws and commandments. She received and accepted that this is the Elohim of Israel and I want to serve Him and so I'm going to live according. And because of this, she is honored today. And because of this, this is what the feast of Shavuot is about it's about being married to Yahweh. It's about embracing and accepting all that He says. It is also about you and I as Torah believers making a recommitment and a reexamining of our life. That we will live according to Yah's laws and commandments. We will accept his Torah. We will seek his Torah, his instructions. And we will seek to live according to his laws and commandments. As well as we will receive the empowerment of his spirit and we will accept the merging of the Torah and his laws and his spirit so there is a marriage of YAH's Torah and his spirit notice I say his spirit not the Holy Spirit referring to you know like there's a third deity in this no it's YAH's spirit and Yeshua was yahweh manifested in the flesh which we just studied it's all yahweh it's all yahweh so study the book of Ruth read the book of Ruth look at things in the book of Ruth how she what, she accepted and embraced Torah and seeing that thinks of, reminds me of myself and my wife and, and the people that come to our fellowship. When we heard of Torah, when we began to see His laws and commandments, when we began to be instructed by His laws and commandments, we embraced them. Like you embrace someone you love, you just take them in to your heart. You accept them. You receive them. You love them. And then Yahshua said they'll produce thirty, sixty, 60, and 100 fold. And when they did, they began to produce fruit in our life. So I would encourage you on this feast day that you would be like Ruth and that you would embrace the Torah, that you would embrace his spirit, that you would embrace the empowerment of his spirit and the marriage of His Spirit and His laws and commandments. And then you would make a commitment to live according. So Father, we thank You for Your laws and commandments. We thank You for this feast day. We thank You for Shavuot. We thank You as we embrace all Your laws and commandments. We embrace the power of Your Spirit. We embrace all that this feast day is, even things that we don't comprehend about it, but that are accurate, maybe we don't have an understanding of it, we still embrace it with our faith. We still embrace it into our hearts. And Father, we worship you. Father, we praise you. Father, we bless you. Father, we love and honor you in the power of your name. Now, one thing I'd like to encourage you to do on this feast day, whether it's to individuals that may need some financial help, whether it's to other Torah-minded ministries, whether it's to our ministry, whatever. Think about, pray about the offering that Yahweh would have you to give because in every major feast, offerings were commanded. Now, we are not going to go out and butcher a a sheep, a lamb, a goat, uh, a an animal, we, that, that's not part of the covenant today. But the things we do have, you might take food if you have food. If you have a, a farmer, uh, you grow crops. You can You can do that, give that to others. That will be a blessing. If not, the rest of us, we make our provision through paychecks and we receive money. So when we sow and we give to other Torah ministries, we give to Yahweh, we give to individuals, we're still giving to Yahweh to help them, to be a blessing to them, to help them overcome, and just help them, even if they don't need need anything, you're just being a blessing because Yahweh put that individual or that family upon your heart. So remember to keep that in mind. So until next time, Yahweh bless you, Yahweh make His face shine upon you, Yahweh make a way for you where there seems to be no way, and give you great peace. If you want to connect with us, Yahweh YahwehYeshuaAssembly.com is our website. Or you can connect with me, Mark Pulley, or the ministry on Facebook. So until next time, Shalom Shalom in the power of His name.